0: Thanks to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. Start hiring now at indeed.com/applebits. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. All right everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Yes, last week uh, we didn't have a show because I've been actually really sick, just pretty much beat down. My family came into town. I was still sick. I couldn't talk without coughing. So I felt like if I can't do that, I probably shouldn't do a show. You can tell I'm still a little stuffed up, but. I'm not going to be gone for two weeks, and I want to deliver the show to you because also a lot of you really help support and allow my content to keep going. So I am back. I'm still healing. I'm on the mend. But you're getting a full-on show because that's how we do it here for the Apple Bits XL. So for those of you that are new to this, this is the place where we talk about all the latest Apple news and the happenings that kind of affect them and the greater tech world as a whole. But this really does focus on all the big headlines and the stories coming to Apple and what really you're all interested in. But first, this show is all about you. If you want to be a part of it, hey, I keep on asking y'all. You can do it. You don't have to. But send in any voice memos to AppleBitsShow at gmail.com. If you have questions, you have comments, you have corrections, whatever you want to do, you want to talk about life, talk about life. But AppleBitsShow at gmail.com is how you can become part of the show. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all my content this podcast. You get early access to my content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. You don't hear any of this. It just goes straight through from the intro to the content. It starts at $2 per month, goes up to 5 which is like a cup of coffee, $10, $25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. So Patreon.com is how you support all my content and this podcast. And I am so grateful and continue to be uh, because this is this is how I'm able to do all this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's get into the stories, and there's a lot happening. Yes, we will be talking about iPhone 15 rumors and leaks, but I thought what would be good to start off with is kind of this really interesting story, and we will get to the iPhone, but this is about a top secret project that has been going on in Apple for basically about over a decade, roughly around 12 years, and this is a story. That was put out by our friend of the show, Mark Gurman, who recently talked to us about the ARVR headset from Apple just a few weeks ago. And in this, he talks and gets some really deep dive information about Apple making progress specifically on a no prick blood glucose tracking for its watch. Then this would be non-invasive and really a major milestone for Apple themselves and they've pretty much disguised this work behind the scenes uh, as a secretive healthcare startup. So this is Apple's call. Think of it like these moonshot style projects that they've been working on. And when I say moonshot, these are long down the road concepts. Uh, you know, Google has Project X, which involved their contact lens that potentially was able to measure the sugar. Um, in the moisture from your eyes that that was teased and shown off now, I feel like maybe five or six years ago, but we haven't heard anything from it. So this is a project from Apple that dates back to the Steve Jobs era for non-invasive and continuous blood glucose monitoring. So this secret project is called internally at Apple E5, and the goal of it is to measure how much glucose is in someone's body without pricking your skin for blood at all. So the company recently hit some major milestones and believes that could now eventually bring their own Apple glucose monitoring to the market, which would obviously most likely appear in the future on an Apple Watch. Now, what they've been able to do is perfected this breakthrough, and they're using you know their own kind of technology, but they're taking a little bit of a different approach here. They're using a chip technology known as Silicon Photonics and a measurement process called optical absorption spectroscopy. Now, I know friends of the show like Doc Nock, Amir Nockfi, you probably be able to say that way faster and way more elegant than myself. But this system itself, it uses lasers to emit specific wavelengths of light into an area below the skin where there is what's called interstitial fluid. And these are the substances that leak out of your capillaries. Those can be absorbed by glucose. So then the light is reflected back to a sensor in a way that can tell us and indicate the concentration of glucose. And then an algorithm will then help determine a person's blood glucose level. So they've got roughly hundreds of engineers working on this project, according to Mark Gurman at Bloomberg. And this is part of Apple's exploratory design group. Uh, They call it XDG. So I kind of mentioned this is similar to Google's own, or I guess we should call them Alphabet. Alphabet. Alphabet's own uh, Project X group. But this is one of their most covert initiatives, and that is even more secretive than typically Apple has been. And we know how secretive Apple is. So even fewer people, according to the report, are involved in the company's self-driving car. It's even fewer people are involved in this project than their self-driving car, even less people than their mixed reality headset that we're expecting to see sometimes this year. And you've got to think when you hear about, okay, can Apple really pull this off? Because I think there's easily a lot of skeptics because up to this point, we still haven't seen it. But if they're able to pull this off, we've got roughly 10% of the population in the United States. People have diabetes and typically you have to use, like there's the Dexcom, that that patch. Um, Abbott Laboratories has a similar thing that is inserted into the skin um, and helps regulate and give real-time measurements. But those still prick you. Those still have to be worn all the time. Apple is trying to do this through similar, uh, not similar, but technology that goes through the Apple Watch. And we know we they've done that with uh, a variety of different measurements for the current Apple Watch. So when you hear about this, yeah, people start asking Apple what's going on. They, they haven't talked about it that much, but they've been testing this glucose technology on hundreds of people over the past decade. And according to the report in human trials that it's used with this system, people who don't know if they're diabetic as well as people who have pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes, it's compared its own technology to standard tests compared to the blood-drawn tests from veins and samples taken from a prick from the skin. So they are doing this. They've been testing it for years, literally a decade, roughly like 12 years. And I thought what was interesting about this report is they talked about how Apple themselves, this, this project, when you say 12 years, well... Guess who was at Apple 12 years ago? This was an initiative pushed forward by Steve Jobs. And at the time, we obviously know he was dealing with his own health problems with pancreatic cancer. But he, one of his visions was to merge health and tech together. So what they did is Apple actually acquired a uh, healthcare company that had been Kind of dealing and creating their own technologies using, you know, at the time, very, very uh, not compared to the technology that we see today, but at least concepts and technology to start and create kind of their own startup in house that was secret to then pursue this. So we know there's been a lot of steps along the way that we've heard of. I talked about Google's blood glucose contacts. I've also, we've talked about in our videos about there's this um, sensor that was really highly touted from Rockley Photonics that potentially, it, you know, there were renders of it. they The company themselves went public and said, hey, we're working with Apple to develop our own sensor that was able to do blood glucose, I think alcohol, blood level, uh, blood pressure. Basically, a lot of these holy grail sensors packed into one that we had all hoped and prayed that we would see in that Apple Watch. Well shortly, not shortly after that, but Apple later ended their partnership with Rockley and they've recently filed for bankruptcy. So we talk about sensors like that. This is not easy stuff, but again, Apple said they've made a major breakthrough, a major milestone, and they feel like they can now push this to market. Of course, a lot of regulations and approvals have to happen. They're working with the healthcare industry to kind of help speed that up. But this could be a huge Huge breakthrough. And we already know Apple's Apple Watch is the best smartwatch on the market today. Of course, if you're on Android and other platforms, you, you can't take advantage of it. We know that Samsung Galaxy, arguably, is probably the best bang for the buck because they have blood pressure uh s- tracking on their on their smartwatch. Uh, you know, they have ECG. Apple doesn't have blood pressure yet. Um, and people believe that, but everyone wants Everyone that talks about an Apple Watch has said, okay, when can we bring blood glucose? According to the report, and we've heard this for a while, Apple's not anywhere close to having this ready. It's still years out. So just hold on to your butts. like Let's not get ahead of ourselves and think, oh, it's coming in the next two years. It it could arguably come in the next four to five years, three to five. Let's, let's throw it out there. So this is still a moonshot project. Numerous companies and startups have tried and have failed, but this would if it if it happens i know we're saying a lot of ifs but it is pretty fascinating that apple created kind of their own secret startup to pursue this develop it and at one time i know right now they're hoping to make a like an actual physical product that can be used and tested that's roughly the size of an iphone and that someone could strap on their bicep well previous people that were coming for the test the the machinery and the technology used to actually do their initial earlier test sat on top of a desk. So we always talk about miniaturizing of tech, costs going down, creating smaller, more compact tech. It initially started on a desk. They're now trying to shrink it down to an iPhone size and then eventually, hopefully, bring it down to some sort of a sensor that could live on an Apple Watch. So this this takes years and years of development. It's been in the works for 12 years. And I think it's really... Really exciting! So that is Apple's top secret project to bring non-invasive blood glucose monitoring to Apple and to one of their products, most likely the Apple Watch, in the future, but not in the near future. I I love to hear what you think about this. I mean, this this is obviously be an absolute game changer. I think over roughly 400 million people in the world suffer from diabetes, and Apple's hope is also that this can be more preventative and help detect trends and suggest, hey. We, we see this is happening with your blood glucose levels let's offer suggestions to maybe change your diet so really addressing diabetes before it becomes type 2 diabetes with people um so this this is I love it I absolutely love it my dad suffers from diabetes my father-in-law suffers from diabetes so this is something that obviously most people in your life have someone that they know directly friend family loved one um that's that has diabetes All right, let's talk iPhone 15, iPhone 15 Pro. Now, there's been so many stories that have been coming out. Um, 9to5Mac recently leaked some renders. I talked about in my video with the new iPhone 15 Pro, which is expected to finally get USB-C, a thinner bezel, a potentially larger camera, and also more the, the sharper corner edges to be more curved. Well, they then recently got some information that... We know every year Apple kind of does a new color for the iPhone. We've seen I think was it Pacific Blue for the 12 Pro, Sierra Blue for the 13 Pro, then Apple did the awesome what 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 purple was it called? Not dark purple. Oh my gosh, people are going to kick my butt that I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, it was like deep purple, right? For the 14 Pro, which I love, but potentially the new exclusive color for the new iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max will be this deep kind of uh, i would call like a deep deep brick red it's like a very dark red and it has the color hex of 410 d 0 d if you want to look that up very cool check it out this is not going to 100 percent happen because we've heard of other colors like copper back in the day that never happened or orange that never happened with the with previous iphones but at least right now according to nine to five max sources they put out some renders A dark red could be the new color for 2023 with the iPhone 15 Pro. And then with the iPhone 15, they could be going with kind of a darker, I'll call it like a magenta-ish pink and a blue, like a cyan blue that reminds me of the iPhone 5C colors back in the day. Reportedly, those are two colors that are in potential talks to happen for the iPhone 15 lineup as well. And again, these are never final, but these are the rumblings that are happening. Now, I mentioned the iPhone 15 Pro renders that were leaked out earlier last week. And then more recently, 9 to 5 Mac then got a hold of the iPhone 15 CAD designs. And what it revealed is that according to them, you know right, we have typically this year we had the 14, the 14 Plus, the 14 Pro, and the 14 Pro Max. We are expected to have again a 15, a 15 Plus, a 15 Pro, and a 15 Pro Max. But according to the CAD designs that they've received, 9to5 Max says that the base model 15 will have a slightly larger 6.2-inch display. Also, the entire iPhone 15 lineup, including Pros and the regular phones, will now all incorporate Dynamic Island. These are things that we've heard, but they're saying that, These render, these CAD designs are coming directly from case manufacturers that work with Apple to get kind of some of those early access, like Apple makes their own cases. So there is a trail, a breadcrumbs of trails that lead to this, that that will happen. Also, the camera design on the 15 lineup will say the same, right? Typically two cameras, not the triple lens array that is reserved and appears to be exclusive to the pro lineup. Also, the iPhone 15 battery lineup might be boosted by a more efficient OLED driver. This has to do with the display. It's an OLED display driver chip that's becoming more power efficient. So we have kind of two things that could boost the new iPhone in 2023's battery life. We have this OLED display driver and also the fact that the A17 chip is expected to be a three nanometer process chip, which is more power efficient and also brings more power. So those two things specifically could add a lot more efficiency to the iPhone. And maybe we get an extra hour. I mean, if we get even two hours extra, you know, you talk about software optimizations, hardware optimizations, specifically with the new architecture of the chip. I think that could, we could see not a something like a 25, 30% jump in battery life, but maybe we get, you know, 10, 10% more juice than we did before, which would be around one to two hours. That would be awesome. And then finally, there are RAM improvements expected to come to the new iPhone 15 lineup. The 15 Pro is expected, according to research firm TrendForce, is expected to bring 8 gigs of memory to the iPhone 15 Pro lineup now. Previous models, the 14 Pro jumped up, has 6 gigs. And then the standard iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus will likely remain at 6 gigs of RAM, but expectation is that the type of ram that they use will be upgraded to the faster lp ddr5 ram which is found in the 14 pro models which would also again kind of help boost the overall performance allow for better multitasking and more ram is always a good thing All right, let's take a moment to thank the sponsor of the podcast. Hey, when it comes to hiring, you need to trust your gut. But what if you could give your gut some help? When you want to find the top talent fast, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. When you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match. Assessments and virtual interviews. You hate waiting? Well, Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment that they sponsor a job. Now, one of their features that stands out and saves you time is Instant Match. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. And with Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. And you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed knows that when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. Visit Indeed.com slash AppleBits to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need a hire? You need Indeed. All right. On the horizon of what could be coming this spring... And when I be mean spring, maybe in the next two or three months, we've heard rumors that a 15-inch MacBook Air could see the light of day. But, you know, Ross Young recently said, hey, expect to see it in the spring, maybe end of March, maybe sometime in April. And I've talked about it multiple times. A 15-inch MacBook Air without a ProMotion display would fit perfectly in the lineup between the current M2 MacBook Air, which is 1199 and the entry-level 14-inch MacBook Pro. Which starts at 19.99. You put something right in between there at what 13 14.99. That is the 15-inch MacBook Air. It just absolutely is. So, Apple recently filed a new listing in the Bluetooth Launch Studio database, and sometimes it does help to foreshadow the launch of new products coming up. It doesn't mean that there's any specific products, but at least a recent filing for a new Bluetooth 15.3. Product or a Mac OS related listing could hint that this is related specifically to the rumored new 15 inch MacBook Air. And look, I have my powerhouse, but it is heavy to travel with on my 16 inch MacBook Pro for a casual vacation where I don't want to bring my big laptop. I, again, this is first world luxury problems. It doesn't mean I'm going to buy one out of the gates, but you know, I do have a wedding to pay for. But, um, a 15-inch MacBook Air, that feels like a sweet spot for me for a travel computer. It might, it might even replace my, nah, it won't replace my iPad Pro with a with the keyboard. But if it's a lot lighter, it might. Sheesh, that that would be amazing. Also, Apple orders the entire supply of TSMC's three nanometer chips for the iPhone 15 Pro and for future M3 Max. So this, is according to Digitimes, that Apple has actually procured 100 percent. Of the initial supply of three nanometer chips from factory TSMC, <laughs> which is, had, is reportedly has the highest yield rate of these. And even despite the higher costs involved, uh, Apple has locked it in, right? This is part of the supply chain and part of Apple's genius and dominance behind the scenes where they have these relationships, they cut these deals. It enables them to have the supply of the components that allow them to drive their products and almost wall off other companies from getting access to them. But we know, and I talked about it earlier with the iPhone 15 lineup that the 7 or 15 Pro and 15 lineup that the A17 Bionic chip is likely the processor that will power it. The three nanometer technology is said to deliver a 35% power efficiency improvement over the current 4-nanometer chip that was used to make the A16 Biotic, 35%. And typically, they adopt some of those core technologies in their mobile processors and then bring them to their Mac chip processors, the M, I guess right now we're at the M2. And so you can see if there's a 35% jump, right? I have an M1 Max. I decided to hold off on getting an M2 Max machine this year. But I'm waiting to see what will the M3 In those higher end machines, look like if we're talking about a 35% power efficiency improvement, um, we're going to see that definitely in the next generation Mac models as it all scales up. And, you know, we're hoping to see a new MacBook Air that could potentially use this new three nanometer chip, but definitely new iPhones. Ooh, it's getting juicy. Apple Silicon keeps on getting juicy. Now, in other juicy news, the apple arvr headset i'm still excited to see it if it really is $3000 that still scares me i you know but obviously apple's going to have to come up with some more affordable and i do use air quotes more affordable version of their headset when i say affordable i'm saying let's get it down to 1500 let's not talk 2000 we need to get down to 1500 but we know that they're expected to reveal potentially this new headset at wwdc in june there were rumblings that it might that it was delayed, it was potentially gonna be announced in the spring, but that has been pushed out to June and I think that is smart. Just take their time on this. There's no rush. It's it's not like PSVR2 just came out. It's great. I love it. I still get a little motion sickness with certain types of games. But Apple can just buy their time. So a report from the Nikkei says that Apple is already working with Foxconn on production planning for a cheaper headset. Think of it as like the second generation headset and that obviously lines up and makes sense um currently apple is using Luxshare to build their first generation arvr headset you know it it rarely doesn't go outside of foxconn but for this first headset they're using Luxshare to build it and that company also helps assemble iphones some some iphones apple watch and airpods But one of the most expensive parts in this first headset will be the displays, and Apple is reportedly using a super high-resolution micro OLED panels, and that is going to be reportedly and expecting to be one of the big selling points of this headset of how clear the fidelity looks and how to allow for a lot more immersive experiences. The headset itself obviously needs two displays per headset, and each panel could cost around $150 to manufacture. And that's obviously before it goes to retail and you get the markups you know, with the whole entire product. But Apple is working on a more compact, more, uh, let's say, friendly, cheaper headset that according to trademark filings could also be branded and be called the Apple Reality 1. Whereas reports claim that this first headset that we'll see will be called the Apple Reality to Pro Reality. Did I just say that? Reality. The Reality Pro that would debut sometime this year. And then the Reality 1 could follow either in 2024 or depending on how they sell and what the response is, maybe later in 2025. Mark Gurman also had an update about this new AR VR headset and said that one of the features, I think he alluded to this a little bit, is being able to type in error. Let's just call it like in-air typing that could be used without an iPhone, right? Tic-tacking like your fingers. And so, in his latest Power On newsletter, Gurman explained that Apple's headset is unlikely to use or require to be paired to an iPhone. I think that's really important, right? And that that was a little bit of change because everyone has, for the longest time, has been thinking this headset wouldn't it just wirelessly transfer information from the iPhone. Well, if it's not required to pair to the iPhone, um, similar to how the Apple Watch pairs the iPhone that could explain why the price is a lot higher because all the internals and all the computing is being done on the headset and not using an iPhone as like a companion piece. So, part of this would be in-air typing, you know, using your eye movements and hand gestures with the device is on one of the internal prototypes according to German, but the feature right now is really finicky and he even said you still might eventually want to pair an iPhone to use its touchscreen as a keyboard, but Apple's still trying to like grind that aspect out. It's not necessarily one of the main reasons why it's being delayed, but the more time that Apple has to polish this thing up, I think absolutely the better. But still, most intriguing product from Apple in 2023, and we will see what happens. Most intriguing—that's hard for me to throw down the cash for. It's just so hard for me. Like, I love virtual reality but I love it for like 15, 20-minute doses. And maybe like, I don't even do it every day, like once a week, if that, maybe. All right, just a little quick update. Uh, Beats Fits Pro, you know, Apple's cool little fitness headphones with the Beats branding are coming out. New colors, Tidal Blue, which is like a navy blue, uh, Volt Yellow, which is Volt Yellow, which actually I really love. And then Coral Pink, which is kind of like an orange, pinkish color for the Beats Fits Pro, which are excellent fitness headphones completely wireless and they kind of have that little uh what do I call it not a nook like a hook it has a little hook that allows it to fit in your ear a little better and then finally I just wanted to end on this fun story um you know we kind of sometimes go back in history and look at cool things but one of the coolest things obviously is the original iPhone the the thing that really started the mobile revolution for Apple and has become the most important piece of its business right now so People have been, there's been an original OG iPhone sealed in its box that recently sold up at an auction for $63,000. So now there is a new one on the market. Um, If you look up, what is it? Is it RR Auctions? Okay, that's, you can search for it. They have a collection of items that they are selling that are rare collectibles under the Steve Jobs and the Apple Computer Revolution, it's kind of like a collection of products. One of those items is a completely sealed first-gen iPhone. Now they're saying in their webpage, I got to see what it's going for right now, but uh, the final price is at twenty. Would expect it to be somewhere over twenty thousand dollars right now. As of this recording, uh, which is the most recent, it is now at sixteen thousand five hundred dollars with thirteen bids. A completely sealed brand new first generation iPhone hoping to hit equal or surpass its recent $63,000 amount from a previous auction kind of crazy but man if i had the i the thing is i didn't have enough money to buy two like whenever certain products come out sometimes i say to myself man i should just buy two and keep one in a box cuz i have like old i'm the guy who collect a lot of old toys and still have them sealed but I think it was like, was it $500 or $600 when it first launched? Yeah, I didn't have that type of money back then. So congratulations to those people who sat on it for all these years. Your iPhone sealed first gen. 63K, would you sell it? If you had it today and it was sealed, I honestly, it sounds nerdy and stupid. Unless I was desperate, I don't think I'd sell it. I think I'd keep it. I I mean, it is like a true piece of history. And look at how far we've come now. It's It's pretty incredible. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for hanging out and listening. Guess what? I'm going to have another episode in a few days to cover the week that... Well, it doesn't cover the week that I was gone, but you get it. I was gone for an episode, a two-week gap. I'm just trying to you know, catch up, and hopefully I'll sound a little better by then. Another quick thing, if you love TVs and you love OLED TVs, I'm going to be on Sony's live stream on Wednesday at, uh, I believe, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. I don't know exactly what they're announcing, but they're going to be announcing uh, Bravia TV news. And I'm going to be there to kind of react because you know me, I'm a big TV junkie. And so I'll be there if you want to hang out. Just check out Sony Electronics YouTube channel and I will be there at 1 p.m. uh, to kind of have fun and talk tech and react to all that. So yeah. You can find me there. Okay, everybody. Before we go, we got to thank our platinum Apple supporters at the one hundred dollar level: Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Konixeg, and Glenn Canellis. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you to all of you who continue to allow me to do this. Always grateful. One hundred. Uh, thank you so much. And if you want to support the show and the content, Patreon.com/slash Brian Tong is how you do it. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week. We'll be back here. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.